Broadcasting live from Hartford, Connecticut, it's the Hartford Yacht Goats Radio Show. I realize all the hell you've been catching recently. True. You've lost your job. Well. Your woman is the only one in the house working. You know, we're a team. She comes in at night too tired to make love to you like you used to do. I did tell you that in confidence, by the way. And when you speak on the subject, you get cursed at. It's true. And you just feel like throwing up both hands. Throwing up both hands. And saying to hell with it all. To hell with it all. I understand that. I know. That's why we're but friends. But your woman is catching hell too. Yeah, she is not that bad. It ain't easy. No. Having to go out work hard all day. I know. I appreciate that. Coming home tired as all hell. To discover, by the way. What? That now you have been watching soap operas all day. This is it. I enjoy them. There are beer cans from one end of the house to the other one. Sometimes I need to take the edge off. There are your funky clothes from one end of the house to the other one. Yeah, I'm behind on my laundry. I know, I know. There are ashes in every ashtray and beer can in the house. I'm trying to quit smoking, but it's hard. The cleanest thing in the house is the refrigerator. I did clean that, so thank you. Which, of course, you want her to perform some kind of miracle and invent something in there immediately because you are hungry. Well, in fairness, we both cook. I cook sometimes, Now, too. all of this other stuff has been happening because this is not a man's job. Well, there's no need to be sexist However, here. However, the grass is up to the window. You know, I'm not a plumber, so... You did not find a job today because it was beneath you. I think you're reading into things and being unfair. your woman can't get beneath you. Uh, excuse me? Because you have this problem in relating in the bedroom these days. Uh, that, that was personal right there. Uh, you know, you say... Hold your horses. Your woman wants to wear the pants in the house. Uh, now, she cannot get in the pants if someone else is already in them. I think you're uh, so not crossing the line So if she's wearing here. the pants in the house, evidently you weren't. However, you do have the winning situation. Oh, all right. Sounds good. You are carrying around the almighty club. What are you referring to? We cannot make it without the club. Can you find a way to bring the club with you to the bedroom? Uh. Instead of these wet noodles you've been bringing us that should have been left in the kitchen. Are you making a cheap joke right I now? Piss on him who you know comes what? Along. I think it's time for you to leave. Women are tired of going to bed at night looking at the back of your uh. head. This, uh, how do you even and I know, know this? what I'm talking about Cause I've been through this shit myself well. In fact There's been times in my life I've been wondering why And yet somehow I believe We'll always survive Now I'm not so sure That you're waiting to hear to try Boy, what more can I say What's left to provide You think that maybe it's over Only if you want it to be Are you gonna wait for a sign Your miracle Stand up 
That was not uh, that was not Kenny Loggins, was it? That was uh, that was Millie Jackson uh, with the epic. This is it, the epic. This is it. Uh, that's from her album for men only. And speaking of men, guess who's on the phone with us right now? It's a man. It's John. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how you doing? It's uh, DJ Reno Soul from the Hot Shots. Yeah. yeah, from the Hot Shots. That's yeah, correct. Back again for your second visit on the show. Are you, uh, are you excited? Or are you like, oh man, I don't want to do this again? Oh no, I am very excited. So this is this is this season two? <laughs> am I on season two? Uh, the seasons are going to be very loose. It's it, uh, if, it, I haven't really explained it yet, but uh, if you think about Game of Thrones, how seasons tend to just come and go, uh, I think that's the way this show will work. So. It could be a very long winter, and then suddenly the season changes. So uh, it will be um, basically whenever and whenever a, a season we feel like changing a season. Uh, I think the key element will be the opening music will change. So it's like if you're like, oh, I'm sick of the opening music, on to the next season then. And then uh, at some point, if we actually take a break from making them. Um, uh, you know, for for a little hiatus, then we'll come back and it'll be like chapter two or something like that. You guys can that's, do whatever you want. That's the yeah. nice thing. Uh, there's no real rules, so oh, no. uh, good mean, first season, I guess. I really enjoyed your your oh, guest. Uh, thanks. Learning learned a lot, I guess, about what's out there in the world, which is great. You know, in the yacht rock world. Indeed. Now now we're learning about what's inside our own houses as we're all <laughs> we're all quarantined and uh, <clears throat> and uh, you know and that's that's a, that. I've I've been enjoying being working in my pajamas, but I know everyone doesn't have that uh, luxury. So, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's good to be podcasting again, and uh, you know, hoping putting out some episodes. As I said before, kind of trying to keep people uh, entertained as we go, uh, you know, through this whole thing. And um, oh, you know what? The uh, the background music just ended on me here, so uh, I got to put something else on. Actually, do you want to you want to uh, you want to listen to some Boz skags? You feel like some oh some yeah Boz? yeah let's get into it. All right, hold on one second, and we'll start up with some Boz. All right, I got some. Hey, there it is. 
You know, uh, sometimes we all feel low down, but... Uh... <laughs> Wait a minute. This is not Boz Skaggs, though. Whoa, what? what yeah, whoa. It, it sounds like Boz Skaggs, but it's not. It's like alternate world Boz Skaggs. This is uh, something different. You know who this is? Who is, who is this? This is that bastard Ray Conniff and his singers. He is a thief. He, he has a lot of covers. There's a lot of stuff out there. I think uh, Mr. Ray Conniff, after making all those uh, orchestral female vocally singer songs, in 1977 uh, made an album called After the Lovin' and made the criminal mistake of... Covering Boz Skaggs. So, yeah, he was trying to capitalize on that that yak sound that was coming out at the time. He wanted to get to the hip hip youngsters, and uh... <laughs> that's what I always think of with hip youngsters. It's Boz Skaggs. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe in 1978, like Ray Yeah, yeah. He's like, sure. He's talking to his lady. He's like, this is a terrific song, and uh, I, I think he's from he was from Massachusetts. So I don't know what Ray Conniff actually sounds like when he talks, but. Uh, and I can't do a good Boston accent, but I, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough to do Boston. <laughs> <He> just, <laughs> um, so we heard uh, we heard Millie Jackson before, and now we're hearing uh, Ray Conniff. Both those are cover songs. So I, I have a I have a uh, a horrible feeling, John, that suddenly we we found ourselves in a cover show. Oh man. So, uh, I think, I, I think uh, this is going to be a buckle yourself in and uh, sit tight as we, uh, as we ride the rapids of cover, I'm ready. Of cover songs. I'm ready to go. I, I, now, let's see. What, I, I think uh, there's another cover song coming up next. I'm not sure what it is, though. So oh, what's it going to be? I don't know. Happy St. Patrick's Day, by the way. We're recording. Oh, it. thank you very much. I've St. been Patrick's. out enjoying it, and this, yeah, this is a good way to uh, to put a cap on it. Thanks. This sounds funky. It's a oh man, you know what this is? Ooh. What do we got here? Ned Doheny, but it's not Ned Doheny. Hot. It's like Tata Vega. Tata Vega. Get it up for love. This is a very popular, like, DJ uh, funk, like, soul R&B cut. Oh, yeah? DJs get into. This one I probably hear more than any other Yacht Rock cover, probably. Really? The Tata Vega? I didn't know that the Tata Vega version of Ned Doheny's song was actually uh, well-known at all. I didn't know it, it is. Was... Uh, well, I mean, in circles I travel in, which are not normal circles. Oh, got it. People travel in. Um, this you can actually... really hear, she was, uh, you know, she's Shaka Khan's sister. She is? Yeah, and you, you can hear it in her vocals too when you listen to her sing. Oh. I thought I thought Taka Boom was Shaka's sister. Maybe I may maybe I have my information now. Maybe I should couple sisters. Yeah. But this is a pretty funky version of it though for sure. So you know who's on backing vocals on this song? Brenda Russell. Oh, Brenda Russell's on this one, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, uh, uh, yeah, I saw Brenda Russell and David Foster on this album, too, on yeah. another song. Oh, that's right. You know, I think that's why I got this on vinyl, and um, when I was just kind of looking through random stuff, and I may, it may have been because I, I saw David Foster was on this. So, yeah, she, um, this is, uh, it gets, it gets funky. It gets where it's like uh, an instrumental section comes up. Yeah, and she was a Motown lady, which, again, I think uh, Motown was kind of lost in the late 70s, you know, and they're pulling whatever they could get in. Oh, really? Yeah. I like the Ned, the Ned Doheny original, though. It's like smooth, oh, yeah, it's great. smooth and everything. But she, uh, I think... There's a few other covers of this song too floating out there, but off the top of my head, I don't remember. Now, 
Does the Shaka Khan have to cover this as well? It sounds like a Shaka Khan song. I, I thought she did a cover. That's why I might be mixing her up with uh, oh, okay. that other song we're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, you know, okay. but um, got it. but I think she does a cover of this too, correct? I I I'm not sure, but it actually it wouldn't surprise me if it does because this this sounds like it could be perfect for Shaka Khan to sing. So uh, yeah, really funky stuff though. Really good. I like this instrumental passage. Would you play this at a show? Oh, absolutely. This would start right in. Oh, yeah? You, you, this is, yeah, I mean, this is like, this is in my wheelhouse. Like, you were talking about on one of your last podcasts about, like, key connection and stuff like that. Yeah. That's right That's right in this kind of stuff that I usually play. Oh, nice. But I'm not doing Yacht Rock, that is. That key connection song was pretty yachty, I thought, though. A lot of their other yeah, stuff is Yeah, they're not. really good, too. They got some really other good songs, too. Like, that you should get, if you ever dig down that road, like, they, not right, Yacht Rock necessarily, but really funky, good stuff. Oh, really? Huh. Oh, yeah. So this is uh, fading out, and let's see what comes up next. I'm, I'm excited to find out if there's another co- another cover song. Oh, this isn't a cover. This is Bill the Bounty. Oh, he's living it up. Love the love the Bill the Bounty. Wait a minute. <laughs> you got me again. I tricked you. Not fair. Not fair. So uh, this is um, this is the band. Uh, this is a band I'm actually. This, there's certain bands that kind of like rub me the wrong way, and this is one of them. This is a uh, Three Dog Night. Uh, Not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan as well. I'm, I'm with you on this one. And, Not a uh, fan of Three Dog Night. I like them a little bit more now that I know they covered Phil Lebounty though. Well, this was it. So it was, here, one of the weird things about this is that it's uh, it's from 1983, and it's from an album called It's a Jungle but it's the weird thing is it, it's not an album it's an EP and that's what I don't understand like why did Three Dog Night in 1983 put out an EP <laughs> like, maybe they were maybe they were like an alternate you know you, you know version of the band or some like smaller version or not the same guys or something maybe it was just like a piece together with one dude or something it's like I, I think about like it's like where they're trying to be like like Ari didn't REM put like an EP and like, like was Three Dog Night trying to get into the lucrative '80s EP market or something like that. <laughs> I like that they wanted to crack the market with Bill LaBounty. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> we're not making any money on Jeremiah was a bullfrog anymore. We gotta we gotta get the the LaBounty money. <laughs> what are the kids into? It must it's the LaBounty. It's exactly it. Although, to be fair, this is a pretty 80s sounding song. I yeah, think. I would agree. And I don't um, I don't hate it, I guess. No, again, this is probably my favorite Three Dog Night song as of right now. <laughs> as of right now. <laughs> is that Chuck Chuck Negron, the singer? Yeah. He's a bit much, you know? Yeah. It's like... Uh, <laughs> I agree. I think it's like... Uh, I, I think the hair bothered me, actually. <laughs> he sounds like, uh, yeah, he sounds like a, it's like a loungy version of the song. You yeah. know, almost the way he's singing it. Yeah. They're kind of swinging it and stuff. It doesn't have the same darkness and depth of Bill. This summer, I was uh, I went on vacation with my family, and it was this, like, tiny, tiny island. And uh, there was, like, it's like... It's kind of like if, if you imagine the place from Dirty Dancing on a small remote island and you mix it with the Wicker Man. And so I, I, I had my acoustic guitar there and I had like a lot of free time because it was just kind of relaxing. And so I, I spent most of my time trying to learn how to play Living It Up, the Bill of Bounty version, on my guitar. And the only, there wasn't anything online for it. The only thing was there was a YouTube of a guy actually playing it on acoustic, but it, had, it, it was a Japanese gentleman. And, right. all, and all all the chords underneath it were listed, but it was all in Japanese. So I just was like watching his finger. Oh, here we go, Steely Dan. Not enough of my. Ooh. Well, I, I know I know these guys. Mm. I love you. You play Black Cow when you're out. Oh, of course. Wait a minute. This is. I think uh, <laughs> Donald Fagan's been replaced by a clavichord. Something Kirby Hancock. It's something Kirby Hancock took over for Fagan. 
Yet again, what if, what if Steely Dan broke up <laughs> and Walter Becker was like, I don't want any more singers. I'm just bringing in a piano player. But actually, this is uh, this is Ahmad J- Jamal. Jamal. Yep, yeah. The, the the jazz pianist from 1978. Ooh. There's some vocals. I heard this on a mix once and thought it was Herbie Hancock for, oh. for real. Like I, I thought that's who it was when I first heard it. I actually have a couple Ahmad Jamal albums, but they're all acoustic piano. So I didn't. Th- this is probably this is '78, so he's probably trying to get into that uh, lucrative Herbie Hancock market. Um, no, it's it's interesting to hear these guys who are like jazz people or people that came out of like the late '60s uh, R&B people trying to do yacht rock. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, really trying to capitalize on that sound now because the like so the well had kind of run out around the late, you know, 70s. I think for classic R&B, most people did a lot of that stuff in their past. Yeah. And they, yeah, they, uh, were, they, they were there. Were, there was a well of stuff in Yacht Rock. I think at that point, they could steal from or use. You know. Yeah, I think probably they had they probably a lot of musicians out there who had been successful were looking for something new. They probably either had connections to L.A. or yeah. they were seeing that there was some success. In this new, this new hip sound that's uh, bursting out of the LA studios, and you know who's uh, singing in background vocals is Eloise Laws, who actually oh oh, oh 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 like Deborah Laws, uh, yeah, Elo- yeah, her sister, yeah, yeah. yeah, from the Laws family. There there was a song I played by Eloise Laws on a old uh, episode, and that album had uh, Charles Icarus Johnson on it. Oh, nice. I like, these, I like seeing these people show up on different tracks, you know, and pop it up in different places for Yacht Rock. It's, Absolutely. It's part of the fun. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think about these covers so far? Is it, uh, is I it... like some of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like I said, I think um, some of the things that are yet to come, that Millie Jackson thing you played at the intro is, is great. Yeah. Um, it's weird, but it's great. Um, this is fun, but again, it's too... It seems anti-Steely Dan almost because it's so noodly. It is noodly. They don't like to noodle, you know. They they like to like lay it down, like a nice thick groove. And this is a little bit different than what I think is, you know, what Steely Dan yeah. expects. It's what they're trying to avoid. I think this kind of sound. Well, it's weird when you think Steely Dan is jazz rock, but then when you actually try to put it in a context where you know you sort of have like the head and the tail, and then a solo section in the middle, it's like, no, just stick with like the, stick with the verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Tight yeah. solo oh, and then end it. Yeah. yeah, it's like, uh, oh, oh, Mark Jordan. Mm. Finally, finally, some some solace. Some, the some, Canadian uh, Strangler, Mark Jordan. <laughs> That's not what they call him, do they? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I like that for yeah, him, but I I gotta say the Mark Jordan episode was uh, excellent. By the way, oh, thank you. That's not Mark Jordan. Whoa, whoa. What's going you on here? Me. Every time I get I get lulled into this like expectation, you're gonna play what I what you're saying you're going to play. I thought it was uh, it was slip, slipping away off Mark Jordan's third album, Hole in the Wall. But this isn't it. This is actually uh, this is Juice Newton from her uh, 1983 album, Dirty Looks. And uh, guess who produces this? I have no idea. That's a fair answer because it's Charlie Colello, who also, who I mentioned in a previous episode, and produced Roger Vaduris's last album. And I, I think I mentioned he was the guy who did like the uh, string section on um, Sweet Caroline. So, uh, yeah. This isn't her only shot at, at uh, Yacht Rock, though, correct? She did another song, right? Uh, yeah, I think there is maybe a, a Juice Newton has. A, it's very, it's very far and few between, uh, but yeah, she 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 tried out yachtiness here and there, and 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 this song on this album is like dead center at the second half of the second side, so it's like nothing else really sounds like it on this album, and it's pretty much her like change of pace. Uh, that's that's standard fare for uh, people trying to use yacht rock. Yes, exactly. It's just like grab one and throw it in, you know, and hope it sticks, you know. I, I spent so much time on Spotify, like just looking through 
any random like 70s artist uh, who was like, you know, successful and then looked like, do they have any albums in 82 or 83? And then once I find them, I go immediately to like, what's song number eight? What's song number seven? <laughs> and then be like, oh, whoa, oh, that was, uh, that was my phone. Um, yeah, so, uh, trying to, trying to, um, find those Yachty songs, but this yeah, one, no, that's another one of your tips. That's good. I think if you like, when I go to Discogs, you mentioned Discogs yeah. on the last episode or one of your last episodes, and uh, I, I searched between 1978 and 1983. That's like the wheelhouse I look at for any artist, you know? Yeah. And then I then I comb through their list and see who wrote what and who's on what, you know, for everything. That makes sense. Um... This is all right, though. I'm okay yeah, with this. It's okay. It's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's like in that middle range, like that, like beyond Yacht Rock would have put it at about a fifty, think or forty-five or something. Yeah. You know? I think with this, uh, this whole uh, stay-at-home thing, I, I saw a few people posting about how they're uh, starting to go through all the Beyond Yacht Rock episodes again. That's a good I've idea. already been through them twice. So <laughs> I, I might go back again because they are just satisfying. But this is giving me, your your podcast is giving me a chance to catch up on some the way you're doing things and trying different uh, techniques uh, is 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 fun. Nice, thanks. Oh, we got Doobie Brothers. Ooh, you're made that way from Living on the Fault Fault Line. It's... Oh, Living on the Fault Line is a great album. Wait a minute. That's not Michael McDonald. <laughs> No, but it's close. It's close. <laughs> this is probably uh, uh, the song we've heard thus far, but by far my favorite. I, I, I really love this version. Uh, when I first heard this, I went out and bought the album like the same day I heard it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Immediately. Uh, I found the Japanese version for a pretty reasonable price. Um, she does it well. She, she does the song very well, I think. She I think does. Yeah. And the band plays it well, too. I like. I think there's a whole genre of like, uh, you know, you take like uh, Aretha Franklin's "What a Fool Believes," sure, and, and this, and uh, there's other ones out there too. Those sung by like classic R&B people from like the '60s, yep. maybe or '70s. There's probably a whole genre of that, you know. And, they, and then they, people put, a, yeah, they make it happen with uh, some yacht classics. Yeah, no, it's great, and they put a little stank on it too, you know, yeah. which is nice. See, this is from this is actually from '83, so Mavis Staples. She, you know, Staples Sisters and everything, and her own solo stuff. And uh, by '83, what's the, the album? What's the album called? Uh, oh, what a feeling! Right, that's that's the album. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. How's the rest of it? It's okay. <laughs> this this is, is by far the best song I listen to. The whole album. I mean, this is the one that I, yeah. of course, like the most. I think there's a bridge on this song. It's really yeah, I don't good. know who I didn't see who the backing band is on this album. I took a peek and, and I, it was nobody I recognized. Okay, right here, this part right here. Oh no, it's great. Right. This is better than the. I mean, it's comparable to the other version. In it, it, it sounds pretty neat. This one puts yeah. it right there with it. I heard this. I was listening to it again, kind of you know brushing up today. Yeah, it's very playful. It's very childish, you know, a little bit yeah. like taunting. Uh, I didn't notice that in the Doobie version, but she kind of brought it out a little more in this version. I feel like uh, that's one of my favorite Michael McDonald. This is one of my favorite Michael McDonald songs. Oh, this album's great, and I mean for, for the Doobie version, and yeah, yeah, this song is. I agree with you on that. But I also feel like the the original version of it. Um, I don't know. It it feels like a little tight, maybe. I still love it, but I just feel like a little tight. This one, I mean, this is this is '83. It's well after, you know, that had been released. So it's like, I don't know. It just feels like they're just, as you said, it's like they're just playful with it. They're, they're really loose, having fun. This little part right here. Well, I think the original too is like, uh, it's you know, it's Skunk Baxter and McDonald, you know, co-wrote it. Oh yeah. And it's got a little bit of like the old doobies and a little bit of the new doobies kind of attached together. Exactly. I think, and you when you can kind of hear it in the mix, you know. What if? When Tom Johnson left the Doobies, instead of bringing Michael McDonald in, they brought Mavis Staples in. Oh, well, I mean, they would have never had a second half, you know? Like they had a, 
Michael was their like second half. I mean, he brought them into the eighties, you know. Yeah. Unless they unless they hired him as a songwriter, and then this song would have existed in that universe. But. Well, it's funny that would they have even gone on without know. you know him without without Michael McDonald because he was no. so polarizing and interesting, you know. Ooh, Larry Lee. Ooh. I love Larry Lee. I do. I'm wearing a Larry Lee hat today. <laughs> wow. In honor of Larry Lee, as I usually do. From the Ozark Mountain Daredevils. Ozark, yeah, right. Yeah, is he, yeah that, they sing uh, Jackie Blue, correct? That's right. Larry Lee yes. did sing. Wait he's a, a singer minute. on that, correct? He is. He is. This, he was the drummer and the vocalist on Jackie Blue. Yeah. Uh, we got a problem here. What's that? This is not uh, Larry Lee. Oh, it's so close. This is actually Chachi. This is Scott Bayo. <laughs> From, Scott Bayo. From his album The Boys Are Out Tonight. Scott Bayo. Wow. Uh, from I, uh, Happy Days wow. and Charles in Charge. And uh, re- relatively grumpy uh, modern day celebrity. Oh yeah, he's uh yeah, he's in that Frank Stallone category. <laughs> yes. <he is>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is not as bad as I would expect, knowing that's Scott Bayo now. I, I'm kind of okay with it. The uh, the music is uh, almost identical to Larry Lee's. It sounds very similar. Like so I'm listening to it, yeah. it's uh, close, you know. Oh, the vocals are brutal. <laughs> yeah, the vo- yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I stand corrected, but I mean, I'll give I'll give Bayo a little bit of love. It, for this. it, it sounds fun. like an. I think I, I think it gets faded out. I think that the Scott Bayo got the hook on his karaoke version. <laughs> <laughs> they give him the old, yeah, the old, uh, choke him at the Apollo hook. Yeah. I don't know what this song is, though. Does this sound familiar to you? This is... There was a time when love was huh. grand. Oh. <laughs> it, sound, it almost sounds like if you could, if you should sail. But what if the guys who, pl- what if Nielsen Pearson did a cover of a David Roberts song? It sounds like something we made up. <laughs> Oh, Nielsen Pearson, they were just hanging out one day and they, you know, they decided they would just do it, you know? They'll be like, you know, there's that Canadian guy, David Roberts. He wrote that song, Too Good to Last. Let's do a cover of it. Do you think they were listening to each other when this stuff was all happening? Like all these bands knew of everybody else doing it? Or was it just organically happening everywhere? Um, This is almost like a little bit of like late like like pages or something like it's kind of kind of cool this is off their blind luck album with that song hasty heart so yeah now so i mean this just to make it clear that this is a david roberts song you know from his all it's from his all dressed up album that he did he did with all the members of this album yeah absolutely great album he did it with all the members of toto and then uh few years later nielsen pearson on their blind luck album did did a cover of this i'm not and i was saying this to you before i'm not sure if this really if the original was not popular to begin with and then someone just does another version of it and it just says written by david roberts is that actually even a, considered a cover or is it just in our universe where we're maybe too well, obsessed it's fair to say that a lot of these songs we just talked about were probably for the same bill you know yeah they're not all that popular, some of these songs, unless you travel in certain circles, you know? Yeah. I guess um, uh, David Roberts nor Nielsen Pearson are necessarily that uh, known amongst the general populace. No, I think it's those one-offs we talked about in the first episode we had yeah. out where it's just like they you know, had one solid, strong album, then they kind of, you know, kind of faded away. Yeah. Well, this is disco right here. I'm not sure what this is. Disco song? Huh. Wait a minute. It sounds like, it sounds like many disco songs. It sounds familiar, though. That... So there's a Christopher Ooh, Cross coming in. <laughs> That's not Christopher Cross. It certainly is not. <laughs> could be. I, yes, it could be. <laughs> I, wish, I wish Cross had some of these vocal jobs. This is Taka Boom. And that, I made a mistake earlier. I did say uh, Taka Vega, and oh, yeah. I was wrong. Yeah, Taka Boom is uh, Shaka Khan's uh, sister. I think, you know, you can confuse uh, Taka, or Tata Vega with Taka Boom. Taka Boom. It's fair. No, it's fair. Mess, uh, mess up. 
I'm just glad there's not a Taka Vega or a Tata Boom. <laughs> if that happened, I would just end the podcast. I would, I would, I would no longer do anything. Just, uh, I don't want to live in a world where... It's, it's cool hearing these songs like kind of punched up for like the 80s, you know? Yeah. Um, this is not bad. I like the, I like the sound of it. I'd play this in a funk set, for sure. We've played this out, and as, as uh, anyone who listens to this show knows, er- Eric can be a bit of a stick in the mud about uh, Christopher Cross. Yeah, what's his deal with that? What, what? I, think, I think because, um, because Christopher Cross, uh, as I said before, is um, different than other yacht rockers where he has this positive outlook and generally doesn't always have like the kind of R&B underpinnings that other yacht rock does, I think. Sure. I think uh, Eric, who's a, uh, I think he he's offended by the by the the optimism. How does, how does he feel about this song? This he let, this song? Oh, so when I played this, he's like, I love this, and uh, that was my Eric impression. So there's no hope for him yet. Oh yeah, he. I think he likes the music. I think it's just maybe. Um, I think it, it, it's probably more just. I I think he has a problem with Crossfire quote-unquote that crossfire style because he didn't really respond to uh, david roberts as much either so uh, he just likes the funky stuff which i'm fine with i can't blame him i guess that's my genre too in yeah. general but uh i also have that steely dan nerd side too i can't help oh, fight you know yeah no he loves steely dan steely dan sure that interesting eric loves build a bounty i look forward to spending some time with you guys at some point talking about this with in person oh yeah Absolutely. I really want to drill down to the to the core of what's going on with this Christopher Cross problem. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. I think uh, I think my tape has run out. Let me uh, flip the tape over. See if we got any anything else interesting on the other side. What is this? Oh. Whoa. That's like a slap in, in the face. I don't even know I don't even know what this is why we're playing it. Or do I? <laughs> I hope so. Ooh. Ooh. This is, uh, this is Saxon. Oh my goodness. Saxon, who, uh, I saw in concert open up for Judas Priest. They were great. Anyways, in 1988, Biff, who's the singer, the singer's name is Biff, uh, <laughs> nice. And the boys, they decided we're gonna do a rockin' version of Christopher Cross's "Ride Like the Wind," and uh, and they're British. They're British rock band. They right? are. They're they British were like metal a band. new wave of British heavy metal. A couple. I, I love some of their albums like "Wheels of Steel," "Strong Arm of the Law," uh, "Denim and Leather." Uh, those are a lot of fun to listen to. But. I don't want to get too off topic here from, from our, <laughs> no, yacht, fine, from our I, yacht universe. I'm familiar, I'm familiar with them. That's all. I, yeah. I know roughly who they are. That's yeah, sense, they know? have some cool albums. They were when I saw them in concert, open for a priest. They were really good. Actually, I saw them by. I saw Judas Priest was my first concert I went to when I was oh, a yeah? kid. What year was that? My dad. My dad took me to it when I was about seven years old. So that would have been about '85. Uh, so the Turbo Tour. Whatever the tour was, where yeah, I mean, I saw Halford come out on his Harley, you know, on stage. Sure. And, it was, uh, it was uh, pretty awesome for, well, I mean, I was a little bit young to be at a Jewish Priest concert, but it was fun. Wow, this is pretty good. I'm, I'm definitely going to go back and listen to that some more. I, I think this this is uh, actually a pretty good song. Uh, Any other yacht covers by Saxon you're familiar with? No, although, <laughs> so they did this song, and then there's a guy, Jorn Landi, who was another, he was in the band Master Plan, and I think I think, I don't know if he's Swedish or well, I forget. What, I feel embarrassed. I, I, but anyways, I, I saw him in concert, and he um, he does a cover of this cover. So so Joran Landy actually does a cover of a cover. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, and I wonder if he even knows the original. If he just thinks it's a Saxon song, <laughs> I don't know. I think he knows. If he he's a great singer. That guy, uh, he's pretty insanely good. But uh, you've worked out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, I, uh, that's I not my strength. Yeah. So now this, what is this? This sounds like I'm flying away into space. Something from the Neverending Story soundtrack. It does sound like that. Bastion. 
Oh, it's sailing. I know that. Ooh. It's like a lullaby album. Yeah. Oh, this is uh, this is Rodney Franklin from 1982. This from his album Learning to Love. With his uh, piano jazzy version of sailing. See, this is the kind of thing. If I heard it on the elevator, I'd be way into it. I'd be getting down <laughs> to this. You know, this version too. Like, I don't need to push the crosser. This is good. I still remember. I got out of work one day. I go down the elevator. I walk out into the lobby, and like my wife calls me, and she's like talking to me. She's like, da, 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 da. and and, I, and I'm like, and I hear the elevator, like the lobby music playing. I'm like, and, and I, I like, I'm like, Thea, I, I can't talk right now. I, I, I need to hang up. I'll, I'll call you in five minutes. She's like, okay. And I just stood there and I'm like, what is this song? And it was instrumental and it was and like, what is this song? And, and, I, I, and, I, and I was like, wait, and I, as it, it was like the instrumental coming to like the, the pre-chorus, then finally to the chorus. And I, because I, I, I was just, it was like, I, I just didn't know what it was. And then it like popped up. I'm like, ah, oh, it's Toto waiting for your love <laughs> and like I'm just standing there while people while business people are walking by me and I'm like yes that's what it is and I think I I, I, I do the same thing I go out of my way to track down songs if I hear them playing somewhere yeah was, like I'll follow them into like a bathroom you know so I can hear it better <laughs> but, like a, a song detective but when you like re- when you know you recognize or at least like you know I recognize the part and I can hear like the verse vocal melody being played I'm like I know this song but like I can't place it and then I have to stand there and like until I get to the chorus and like oh that's what it is but it was it was weird I, I don't even know who it's by or, or what but it was uh, it was a smooth jazz version of Waiting for Your Love by Toto this is very light this is very mellow this is mellower than original this, this is mellow great it has a great sax part ooh yeah it kind of lights it up this album has a couple vocal songs on it that are pretty good actually Rodney Franklin was a smooth dude he was kind of smooth jazz and occasionally would flirt I think with He's put, this is pushing into like sitcom territory <laughs> yeah <laughs> like this would be by sitcom like in 1983 you know that's right <laughs> featuring so I, I dig it though I like it featuring Chad Allen as Jake <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so now what's uh, what's next? I can't even imagine what's next. I've grown tired of Wait a minute. Have we entered a parallel universe? Oh, I know who this guy is. This is Milwaukee's own Al Jarreau. Singing Who's Right, Who's Wrong. Possibly the most, like, the, the, the song that produced the most cool covers, I think, out of all the songs. Obviously, this is not the original, but this version's... And Randy Crawford's voice is just tremendous. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I Torture My Kids, I played, like, I remember, uh, not too long ago, I, I Torture My Kids by playing... I'm like, we have about a 20-minute ride, I'm gonna play all the Who's Right, Who's Wrongs on the way home. <laughs> so it was, like, um, Mel Carter, Marva King, The Four Tops, Kenny Loggins, and, you know, and The Pages, pages yeah. you know. There's so many good versions of this song. This version, uh, I really like. I, I, I love Al Jarreau, love Randy Crawford, love this song. The Paige's version is great. You, you said Marva King. I think I've, I've heard her, her version. I wasn't that, that, that big of, of a fan of it. Yeah, I mean, but every version I've heard of it, except for the Four Tops version, which is kind of corny, I think, but... Uh, so wait, I gotta ask, which is your favorite then? Is it the Pages version or is it the Loggins version? Um, I all right. So the top three would be this, Pages, and then Loggins. But what the order would be? Um, I, this is gonna be controversial. I would put this is my favorite. Oh, that's awesome. And then I, uh, uh, then I would go Pages because Pages is I, I just really like. His voice on that track. His voice is great on that one. I, I've listened to. I, so here's my thing about the Pages one. That's the version I've listened to the most. So sure. I, 
I love the page, Pages version, but because I've heard it probably too, I've probably heard it more than actually the Loggins version. And I like how weird the Loggins version gets too, and like how it stretches out in the middle. So I would probably say this version, then Loggins, then Pages, but they're very close. It's, it's not like any of them. That, that, that could switch depending on the day. It could uh, even reverse. But... Well, I mean, technically, right, pages, uh, but one of the guys wrote this with logins. So, you know, yeah. I can kind of see them as both being original versions anyways, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Some great sex work. But Randy kind of invokes the uh, Michael Jackson part, too, really well, which I like. Yeah. She has a great voice. And, and, and oh, like, no, she's tremendous. I mean, that uh, Wind Song album, I, I mean, it's probably great. like, it's on my heavy rotation, you know. Uh, secret, secret combination. Um, yeah. It's great, too. Yeah, th- there's a there's oh, a stretch of about look four. Look slowly now, though. I mean, shit, that cover, oh, yeah. that, that's an that's awesome cover. Yeah. She has about four four albums that are all, like, they don't, they're not, I wouldn't say they're in, like, the yacht pocket because she does kind of go... She's like more diverse in terms of her sound. But, well, it's uh, cool because she went through like a different like she went through the disco thing, you know, to yeah. the other band, you know, and then moved in this direction. Yeah, and then kept going on like smooth jazz and stuff too. So she's just a, uh, I think pretty, uh, you know, she's pretty flexible as a singer to do a lot of different stuff. Yeah, I mean, if it comes to favorite female singer in yacht rock, I'm not sure if I can. Well, Brenda Russell's great. So, I don't know. Between Randy Crawford, Brenda Russell, I don't. I don't know if anyone else could could could. could no one on the top of my head, I could I could put up. At, at well, exactly. I know someday you talked about doing a Indies of Yacht episode, but when you are, oh, yeah. if you want to put a board together for that, I'm happy to be on it. Because <laughs> there are so many. I mean, there are some ladies that really just killed on that genre. I, I know a lot of them probably like did work covers or. You know, picked up with some other guys who were doing yacht rock, but yeah, there's some really good voices in the the female genre that are that kind of rise to the top of the to the whole yacht rock list. Huh. So uh, I'm sl- I'm sliding over into my background music that you cannot hear now, John. Uh, so that was uh, that was our trip down the river of covers. <laughs> did I liked it? Did you enjoy it? it? I, yeah, I feel good. Yeah, I feel good. I feel good. It's nice to know that that even at the time of its you know existence that there were people listening mm-hmm. and absorbing it and then trying to you know push it forward you know I mean that's how music works and it's cool to see that there was going on with like guys like Christopher Cross and Paz Gags and yeah. I mean you could throw them Toto and McDonald and all those guys in there too and say people were listening at the time and were aware of it and you know we're trying to like you know kind of get into it as well which is cool it helped kind of fuel the genre. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably something in terms of with the success. I think I said this before with, with the success of Christopher Cross, then Toto, and everything. I think uh, you know people knew about that West Coast LA sound, and a lot of artists were saying as they were transitioning into a new decade, kind of dipping their toe in, into that sound to see if they could do anything with it. I mean, and a lot of it was really good, and then some of it is Scott Bayo. <laughs> yeah, so. I just think it's funny that how, how did Scott Bale stumble upon that? You know, it's just funny to imagine how that could have all gone down well, too. G- guess you what? Uh, guess what number song that? I think that that's like number seven on the album. It's like the track number seven or eight. So even even Scott Bale bur- buried the, the yacht rock deep on his album. So uh, I just imagine again, like I, I was thinking about it today as we were talking about the genre and putting it together, or just talking about this, and uh, it was probably nerdy producers. Mm-hmm. You know, who are like, you need to cover this song. It's cool. You know, yeah. probably still be people in the know that we're channeling or kind of pushing this stuff out into the, uh, <laughs> you know, what's a good song? Uh, uh, David Roberts, you know, right, right. No one knows it. It's cool. You'll like it. It'll sound good. And just put it out there, you know, but yeah. rode that kind of rode that wave as it was happening. Yeah. If we were like, tw- you know, tw- what, 30, I'm not sure how many years, you know, let's, you know, X number of years younger. And we were like, you and I were like a producing team out in LA and you know just basically it was like yeah we have we have families and houses and jobs we just do this stuff to you know to, to make our money and then like we're, this upcoming week we got Scott Bayo coming in 
and like we have to record some ridiculous album with Scott Baio and like like hey what if we get him to record that Larry Lee song like oh that's a great <laughs> idea <laughs> like Scott come over here get over here Chachi are you familiar with Larry Lee from <laughs> you know you ever hear oh, that song no? Jackie well, Blue yeah. like, let me play oh, yeah. it for about, you how about Don't Talk by Larry Lee <laughs> he uh, made this know. album it was only released in Japan so no one would know about it but I think it'll be perfect for you Scott I think it'll be perfect. <laughs> You're like a young Larry Lee. Yeah, you got you. You could take this great song that he wasn't able to like make successful, and you could do it, Scott. You could make it big. Well, see, that's why Frank Stallone we talked about earlier didn't really need that. He, he did his own yacht rock. I think so he's slightly slightly cooler than Scott Baio. I think didn't Bill. I think did Billy Bill a Bounty write or someone wrote some songs for Frank Stallone. Some of his big songs were written by. Uh, yacht rock personnel. Uh, but, hey, don't ruin it for me. I thought I had something. Else. But I'm drawing a blank on it. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry about that. No so, problem. Uh, it looks like we're uh, we're coming in near the end of the episode. I think. Uh, well, first, thanks for calling in again. This has been this has been a fun evening, and um, I think I'm gonna keep you know I'm gonna keep doing these podcasts here, but then I'm also gonna do some live broadcasts i did my i did my first one kind of tried it out on uh, on instagram i know i could do them on twitter as well but basically you know setting up the phone to the tape decks just like and and basically doing it just like it would be at a a regular uh yacht goats gig where you know just going through the tapes playing playing one after another after another and uh if i if i don't screw up the technology I think uh, there should be an upcoming one. I have to announce it ahead of time because I sort of surprised everyone. Yeah, I want to spread the word and, and get it out to people that I know that are into the genre too. So yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I was I caught a little bit of it yesterday. Do you think uh, is that something you would ever do? Like set up your your phone and kind of do a little do a little short. I've done set. it before. I have friends that do it better than I do. I've tried oh, it really? before, but it's it's you know it's a challenging thing to do. Like well, out live doing it, you know, yeah. Yeah. versus doing it in your in the confines of your own studio, obviously. I have to tell you, I, I loved doing it where there's no, I don't have to look at anybody. <laughs> I guess that's like the, that's like the anti-DJ thing. It's like, oh, I just like to just sit and just kind of play the music. Well, and Yeah, I'm starting to work on some like actual mixes now that I've gotten inspired by a couple of different DJs who are doing like, I mean, bordering, you know, probably like West Coast slash, you know, that Yacht Disco guy, Per Anderson and a oh, couple yeah. other people that are doing these like really cool sets that are inspiring me to like, dig deeper and, and want to put together some mixes that I could put out on SoundCloud and stuff too to oh, so that's sure. probably next that's probably what's next for me right now given the the live shows are probably on hold yes yes is getting our team together here and putting together probably gonna do like a three-part you know oh, yacht great. rock uh, mix probably one of us each are gonna do our own versions and get that out in the world that's um, a great idea you know uh, as you said we we sort of I guess before before we were forced inside we kind of had had the idea of you know maybe for the winter we'll just hold off on doing live shows and kind of transition over to this and and try out to see how this goes but you know now that now that like the idea of doing live gigs is on hold that's that's great to hear that you guys are are uh, gonna be putting some stuff together and putting some stuff out and I think Honestly, it's like that's what that's what that's what we need is just the the more of uh, putting entertainment out there for for just people who are you know are stuck and maybe getting a little bored or just getting you know just, sure. just wanting to hear something to kind of make them feel good and and uh, in one of your past episodes you talked about well it was like an episode or two ago I'm assuming at this point three or four episodes ago <laughs> where you talked about uh, where do you find your yacht rock oh you know? yeah yeah. And one of those for me is, you know, if I can add to that list is, you know, DJs. Sure. People that, you know, are either doing mixes or recordings. And not every, maybe not every song that plays Yacht Rock. Mm-hmm. But like Camino 84, a great example. You know, I love that album. He did that two-part album, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and man, there was some, I had to like sit and listen for a while. Like, <laughs> and try to like listen, you know, like Shazam, what he was playing. Yeah. He would just play like little bits and pieces of, of songs and try to track them down. But I mean, that's another way I do it is... Just, just study, you know, what people are putting together out there, especially guys that do what we do, right? You yeah. know, and then figure out what they're playing or where they're pulling stuff from, and then I can dig down those collections because they find stuff that's 
odd or weird or random or like this that per anderson guy is doing stuff that's over from it's christian music from like sweden <laughs> you know it's like i would never hear that in a million years had he not put it on an album you know yeah so I, I have a dj really cool place to find music i have a dj friend from sweden who I'm, i think we're gonna have on the show uh he, he's on instagram uh stuart uh and uh he and I talk a lot, and he's been sending me uh, a lot of Swedish yacht, and I was like, "Whoa, I've, I've never heard this stuff before." I didn't know. I mean, I I, I knew there was some stuff from over there, but it, I was like, "This is this is really cool." So, uh, yeah, and then like you know, the Camino. The, the, I think Yacht Rock Breaks Part One was where I, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I kind of." There's a couple. Th- I, I would sort of recognize bits and pieces here and there yeah yeah uh, it, but me but too. then but then yacht rock breaks too which is when he was on the show talking about and he's like yeah i searched a lot and and that's when i listen to yacht rock breaks too i'm i'm it's like humbling like i have no idea where these no, i gave him come. i gave him money like for that one oh, yeah oh, like, I, I, actually, I bought the I, tape I, I I, I oh I see I didn't get, I, I was too late by the time I found out about the tapes, mm. um, and so I actually did pay money though just to have those tracks oh, just or that those uh, break albums just because I wanted them you know just They're to great. have them and also because I listened to them so much mm-hmm. I felt like a jerk not giving him money for those things for you. so much yeah. you know yeah no I mean they were I, so good I love having that tape in my collection it is by far the most re- even though it's older music it's. The most recent tape that I would ever play. At a, you could at a you show. could play that song as a show and nobody would know. You know, like it's I, that good. I made a like joke it's... about that and I felt bad because I'm like it's like what, like I don't know if they would if DJs would actually even find that remotely funny. But I think it's funny. I mean, I joke. We joke about it sometimes. You know, like, yeah. you know, there's it, a, it is that there's... good though. I mean, it is. It's, it it yeah. would be utterly plagiarizing playing it. But yeah, I mean, even like in terms of maybe like set up music before you start actually doing it. Uh, yes. It's like there, I don't. I don't think there's anything better. Let me put it that way. I think uh, I would agree. I haven't heard anything that quite does that. Like some of them, some of the stuff I mentioned already. But yeah, it's yeah. That's that's a cool thing to keep looking for too. And that's why I want to put some stuff together with my friends too. Is uh, spend the time to hammer down some like mixed tracks or stuff that I dislike because there is so much odd stuff. And if you cross over disco a little bit, or you cross into the '80s and some of that R&B stuff, sure. even some of the things we talked about today, there's a lot to share that people don't know about. By the way, I'm I'm, I'm going to totally spoil something here because I was going to save it. I just got an album yesterday from Germany. Uh, it's David Williams, who was a guitar player on uh, Thriller, and he you know he was like a studio guitar player, a lot of artists. Yeah, yeah. So his album, I believe it's called "Take the Ball and Run." I just okay. I got that imported. That album is no joke. That album is has some sick songs on it. So. Uh, I think we're coming towards the end of the episode, but I, I just wanted to... Sh- I, I'm, I'm throwing that out there because, you know, I, I order albums a fair amount and, and sometimes I get them in and, I, and I'm like, oh, that's really good, that's really good. And sometimes I'm like, it's, it's okay, maybe it was a good song, one or two good songs. This one, I was like, whoa, that was that was way better than I expected. So, yeah. Well, Dave, there's probably a reason that he's on Michael Jackson. I mean, you know, there's probably a pretty good reason for he, that, he, you know? He, yeah, I think he he's like known as being a pretty... Uh, He's like he sort of has that Ray Parker Jr. guitar type thing where it's like more rhythm and sort of subtle, but he he does like you know he does some solos that are really uh, reserved, but just like perfect and like they're they're not even really solos as much as they are just kind of in the pocket grooves. And um, but that album I believe he sings on it. It has a ton of personnel on it too. And um, yeah, take the ball and run. Highly recommended to everybody. Out I'm there. glad you recommended it. I'm gonna have to check it out. Absolutely. All right. Well, I guess we we're gonna call it an episode now. After we we, we uh, traversed the rapids of yacht rock covers and we came out unscathed. Scathed. There was no deliverance moments on our trip down the river. <laughs> and, at least not that I'm aware of. And um, maybe the Scott Bayo moment. I don't know. That, that got a little dicey. <laughs> It always gets a little dicey when Scott Bayo sings. Scott Bayo sings. But uh, hey, listen, we'll um, we'll be back, everybody. Uh, I don't know. There's a few different guests and stuff. Uh, maybe even try to get Cass and Eric to call in and uh, and say hello. And I hope everyone out there takes care. John, I hope you take care of yourself too. And thanks, Dave. Nice chat with you, man. Nice chatting with you as well. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. <laughs>